Good morning all, I'm Matt Hayes, General Manager of Aspen Grove Strategic. This is Let's Grab Coffee. I've got my mug with me right now, sipping on my standard drink. Got a single pour out of a, a Dunkin' Donuts K-Cup. I shake up uh, some whey protein powder and whole milk, pour it in the cup, pour the coffee on top, and stir in some coconut oil after that. And that has been, um, drinking this has been a huge game changer in my life. I've never really felt great if I have a big breakfast in the morning, especially if it's loaded up with carbs. I typically feel really sluggish, uh, and, you know, I'm starving again by like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. All I can think about is food. Uh, I typically have a couple of these, and I'm usually able to go until 1 or 2 o'clock uh, without feeling hungry, and, you know, I've got great energy. Uh, up into that point. Hope you guys are enjoying a wonderful cup of coffee this morning. Uh, today we're going to talk uh, about three different stories. And I'm going to try to keep this episode short, so we'll run through these pretty quick. Uh, the three stories that we're talking about today are the bipartisan infrastructure deal, which is working its way through the legislative process. We're talking about lumber prices. Um, dropping more than 40% in the month of June, uh, and what the reason for that is. And we're going to finish up with a couple of notes about uh, ARC Investment Management, uh, Kathy Wood's uh, fund. Um, so let's get started. With the bipartisan infrastructure deal, um, the Penn Wharton budget model which is a nonpartisan group at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School, uh, did a, a study, uh, an economic impact study on the, the infrastructure deal that's, that's working its way through the legislative process at the moment. Uh, the study showed that the $973 billion deal, which includes $579 oh, excuse me, billion in new funding, would decrease debt by 0.9% and increase GDP, uh, by 0.1% in 2050. Um, I'm reading from an article by Megan Henney on Fox Business. She writes that the plan draws funding from a variety of sources, including reducing the IRS tax gap by beefing up enforcement, redirecting unused federal employment money from the 26 states that are prematurely ending the relief program, and repurposing the COVID relief measures. Uh, the bulk of the spending in the plan would occur in the first few years that it was implemented, initially adding to the nation's debt level, which is already at a record $28 trillion thanks to record-shattering levels of government stimulus during the pandemic. But over time, as the spending declines and the IRS enforcement increases, the level of debt would begin to slowly shrink, falling by 0.4% in 2040 and 0.9% by 2050. It would also boost wages by about... 0.1% each decade until 2050. So, uh, this is the bipartisan infrastructure deal. Uh, the, <clears throat> uh, the, the Democrats and, uh, the Democrats in the House and in the Senate had, um, other ideas, still have other ideas about what they want in terms of an infrastructure deal. Uh, this is a scaling down of one bill um, that has 
you know, been developed. Uh, it was basically developed by the Democrats in the House, uh, and then uh, through some negotiating with the Republicans in the House, they landed on this uh, $973 billion deal. Now, my biggest problem with um, what is going on in the legislature at the moment is that this is not the only bill, right? This is the bipartisan infrastructure deal, um, but it is only half of President Biden's Build Back Better plan. Uh, so my understanding uh, from some commentary from Joe Biden himself and from Jen Psaki, his press secretary, is that there is another spending package uh, titled the Build Back Better plan. And Joe Biden has said that he is not going to sign off on the bipartisan infrastructure deal until Democrats and Republicans reach an agreement on the second deal. So uh, a lot of people think that, you know, this is some sort of victory for uh, fiscal conservatism when, in fact, uh, this, is, this is really for optics, right? The, the Democrats and the Republicans got to come together and they got to say that, um, you know, they're reaching across the aisle to members of the other party uh, and were able to work together and compromise and come up with a comprehensive infrastructure deal that met the needs and desires of both parties. However, there is a, another bill. Uh, Joe Biden is saying that, you know, he will not sign the first deal until an agreement is made on the second. Um, th that said, uh, the this, this bipartisan infrastructure deal will likely uh, be signed um, with very little resistance. The Build Back Better plan, uh, I believe, can be pushed through the House and the Senate under uh, budgetary reconciliation, uh, which each party is um, able to do uh, two, at most three times a year. Uh, and that basically just reduces uh, the, the total number of votes necessary to pass uh, a, a budget-related bill, budget-related spending, um, which the Build Back Better plan would likely be able to be classified as. Um, and they're able to pass it with a simple majority, which the Democrats have in both the House and the Senate. So if um, <clears throat> this bill is passed, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, uh, by both uh, the Republicans and the Democrats, um, the um, the second part of the spending can be passed through with a simple majority, meaning that you know no bipartisanship, uh, no collaboration would be necessary to pass that. For our second story, <clears throat> we're talking about lumber prices dropping more than forty percent in June, which is the biggest monthly drop on record. <clears throat> I'm reading from an article by Yoon Lee on CNBC's website. Uh, she lists some, some points of the article. Uh, lumber futures have tanked 42% in June alone on pace for their worst month on record back to 1978. The building commodity is down more than 13% in 2021, headed for the first negative half since 2015. The quick reversal of lumber's month-long rally, months-long rally, came as Americans started to go on vacations again instead of taking on renovation and building projects. 
Many who are fearful of persistent inflation also took comfort in the drastic decline in prices in the face of cooling demand. So, um, you know, what we saw uh, from late March through the end of May was um, the futures prices per thousand board feet of lumber uh, rising about 60%. Massive gains. And most of that was from the inflation numbers that we were seeing at that time, right? We saw in the month of May alone a 4.3% uh, increase in inflation, rate of inflation, a decrease in the value of the dollar. Well, when that happens, there is an expectation that it will begin to take more money to buy the same amount of product. And if uh, demand is steady, then the price goes up. Well, for whatever reason, um, it appears that the market has decided that um, inflation and a mismatch of supply and demand will not last forever. Um, that for whatever reason, we're going to be coming out of that uh, inflationary period that we were just in. Um, and that there will likely be some cooling demand uh, in the lumber market. But we're seeing the same sort of thing happen uh, across commodities, right? We've seen um, copper come down significantly, gold and silver and platinum come down significantly. Um, obviously, with uh, lumber coming down significantly. Uh, a lot of these are just, you know, market corrections, uh, adjusting for a miss um, interpretation of data that was coming out, maybe. Um, just bad forecasting models, generally. I personally don't see inflation slowing at a rate that would justify the sort of drop in commodities prices we've seen over the past three or four weeks. Um, you know, back to the, um, the infrastructure plan that we were just talking about. Every time the government spends another trillion dollars, uh, it's increasing the national debt by about 5% uh, at a snapshot, All right? So the article that we were looking at just a minute ago was saying that inflation, or uh, I'm sorry, the debt, American um, federalized debt, will only increase by something like a percent over the next whatever that is, 28 years. I think that's foolishness. Um, I have a lot of problems with the modeling around uh, this infrastructure plan. Now, at the end of the day, I think that um, developing, maintaining infrastructure is probably the second most important function of the government at this point. So do I think, and you know, I do think that there will be some positive economic impact 
from passing a bill like that. But I do think that everybody needs to be rational. And remember that when you spend money that you don't have, um, the value of the dollar is going to go down and inflation will rise. That's very simple economics. And likely to a much larger degree than is being forecasted by those analyzing um, the economic impact of the bill. So while we're experiencing a very sheer drop in commodities prices right now, I very much see that trend correcting again to the upside uh, in the near term. I'd be surprised if there wasn't some major upside action in the commodities markets uh, by the end of summer. Um, the last uh, story I want to cover today uh, is about Kathy Wood. She is the uh, manager of ARC Investment Management. I'm reading from a Bloomberg article by Kristen Flanagan. She writes, two Kathy Wood funds are back on the spotlight after adding about a billion in market value on Monday following a promising advance in the field of gene editing. Wood's ARC Investment Management LLC is a top holder of companies operating in this area after the active investor made an early bet on CRISPR Therapeutics AG, Intellia Therapeutics Inc., and Editas Medicine Inc., three companies using a technology for editing the human genome called CRISPR. ARC is also the second largest holder in Beam Therapeutics, another company working on fixing genetic mutations. The ARC Genomic Revolution ETF rose 3.3% on Monday, while the $25 billion ARC Innovation ETF rallied 3.8% into the close of trading in New York. Um, Intellia led the gain, soaring 50% to close at a record on Monday, while CRISPR climbed 6.4%, Beam jumped 16%, Editas gained as much as 20% before pairing to a 5% gain. So, why am I talking about this story? Well, first of all, I think Kathy Wood is a genius in the investing sphere. She was one of the first big bulls on Tesla. Back when Tesla was trading at a split-adjusted price of, I believe, $18 per share, she was predicting a $2,500 uh, pre-split-adjusted stock price, which when uh, Tesla hit $800 uh, on the, a share uh, after the 5-1 split, it hit. Uh, the split-adjusted price was $2,500 per share. That is wild. That is a crazy prediction. It's very bold. Uh, but she bet big, and it paid off for her. So clearly, she is a very competent researcher. She understands markets. She understands value in companies. She understands emerging technologies. She understands the, the trajectory of markets as a whole. And... So anytime that she starts looking at something now, I start to wonder what's there, right? Um, with her being, uh, you know, act, act, actively adding um, equities in the gene editing space, um, 
I don't really know where a lot of these companies are within the stages of FDA approval for their technologies are. But with her taking such significant positions in these companies, it would lead me to believe that there is probably something in the rumor mill to the effect of the some of at least one, maybe more of these companies getting some FDA approval or at least getting approved for um, clinical trials with their technology, which would be huge. This would be a massive step forward in um, biomedical uh, technological advancement. So back to the, um, the infrastructure bill. How will that bill passing affect you as a person uh, in an American business? Well, one would hope that um, we should have easier access to more places. Um, we should have better ports, which means that the ports are able to uh, handle higher volumes of uh, TEUs. And that if you're importing products, or materials or products, equipment from overseas, that you should be able to receive these shipments in the United States faster, uh, which is which is positive. It's just, that's huge, really. Um, we're experiencing major backlogs and ports around the world right now. There um, is a very constrained transportation market at the moment. Um, <clears throat> Airline prices are, are very high uh, it, it, relative to historical numbers uh, as it pertain to commercial shipments uh, by air. And so anything that we can do as a country to improve our ability to um, improve our, 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 our logistical capabilities is going to be very significant. It's going to be very helpful. Now, the amount of gain that's going to come from it. I don't know if it's proportional to the amount being spent, but I do believe that there will be some upsides to the bill passing. We would hope that you know, potholes are getting fixed. Well, if potholes get fixed, then your fleets uh, should require less maintenance. Tires should last longer. Suspension should last longer. Um, fewer goods get damaged uh, in transit. Um, on trucks and in vans and, and things like that. Um, we would hope that uh, our, our nation's ports are able to uh, accommodate a higher volume of shipments, uh, thus allowing us to be able to get uh, inbound freight into the states quicker. Um, what impact the bill has on inflation? I think it's something that everybody should be paying very close attention to, right? If we start to see inflation spike again, we have to be prepared to make adjustments in our supply chains to uh, compensate, right? If you continue to sell a product at a fixed price while suppliers' costs are going up, your bottom line is going to begin to shrink and it can happen very, very quickly, right? So you need to keep your finger on the pulse of the uh, value of the dollar, um, uh, forecasted inflation rates, and be prepared to make adjustments along those lines so that you don't get into any trouble 
uh, with your customers, right? If you foresee there being a rise in costs, those costs are going to have to be either one passed down to the customer or two mitigated through the implementation of uh, some sort of technology. Uh, watching those commodity prices, right? Um, the commodities are the materials that are going to be affected the most and the fastest by a rise in inflation. And so if we foresee um, inflation rising, we see the value of the dollar dropping, then we need to be prepared for commodity products prices to rise, right? And they're going to rise probably around the world. Um, so it's, it's not something where we can just go and source the product from somewhere else, try to get it cheaper. It's something that we just have to make financial adjustments in our supply chain to. Um, lastly, we're looking at um, these gene editing technology companies, um, biomedical companies, biomedical technologies that Kathy Wood is interested in. Um, I don't know that this is something that necessarily affects industry as a whole, um, but it is certainly something interesting to pay attention to. Uh, the rising availability of gene editing technology will have some impact on our lives, uh, likely in a very beneficial way. And perhaps more powerfully than anything, should allow us to do more, right? As these biomedical technologies come online, uh, we should be able to edit our genes to be you know, immune to certain diseases. So where there are certain places in the world that you really just don't wanna travel because it's not safe because of you know, the bacteria and viruses that are prevalent there, uh, that pose a high level of risk to ourselves and to our employees, you know, maybe a, a, a much more viable uh, area of operation going forward with this technology coming online. So, uh, interesting stories today. Uh, it is Wednesday, hump day. I hope everyone gets over it okay. Don't forget to check out our website, www.aspengrovestrategic.com. Feel free to fill out a contact form. Someone from the company will get in touch with you very shortly. You can also feel free to send us an email, info at aspengrovestrategic.com. We look forward to hearing you from you and hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Until next time, I'm Matt Hayes. Take care.